0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Main Street, the official F1 in Schools podcast. So glad you came back for another installment. And uh, as you probably know by now, my name is Tom Deacon. I'm your host taking you through this incredible journey. We'll be getting on some guests to give you some insights, some gems in your, and I'm going to say it, the best stem project around the world that people can compete in i'll be giving you and some guests will be giving you some tips to help you on your journey so what will be happening in today's podcast well i'll be welcoming the chair of judges gary anderson to find out all about some exciting regulation changes plus i'll be bringing you the latest news in f1 schools from around the world to do that i'll be welcoming back pdc aka max fernie so that is all on the way and if you haven't already done so make sure you check out our previous podcast the show was live from the autosport international in birmingham where we hosted the national final it was incredible and for the first time ever we also had a live primary class as well so much happened in that and what i love about the podcast is we had so many different voices so you may even find yourself on that show so go back have a listen to it but not now because we need to get into today's main straight podcast so without further ado let's welcome
1: gary anderson gary welcome to the podcast how are you doing today we're doing very good tom yes no problems whatsoever the sun's shining um we're heading towards better weather so how can anybody complain i'm sure they will find a way but we're going to keep
0: it very positive on this podcast Um, gary before we chat more about f1 in schools could you give us a brief summary of your formula one career
1: well i go back a long time uh fortunately or unfortunately i'm not quite sure which but um i started in formula one 1973 um so it's now on what 50 years ago now. um Yes, I started as a mechanic with Brabham, the Brabham Formula One team, which was owned by a guy called Bernie Eccleston at that time, who went on to create what Formula One is today, really. Um, And basically, I worked as a mechanic and worked through the years. I learned a bit here and there. I was always interested in cars and stuff like that, so I always tried to uh, ask the questions of the people that didn't know so I could learn a bit. And as time went by, I got more opportunity to do development parts on cars and do a little bit of design work and then really it came around to uh 1989 when eddie jordan would start a formula one team and i'd been engineering cars up at that point in time and he asked me if i would come along and design the first jordan formula one car which was the green jordan for 1991 um and that's from my design career sort of really kicked off i suppose and from then on, i was uh technical director a couple of formula one teams and Various cars. We, we, you know, we never really had big budgets and lots of people, but we we won a couple of three races, which was okay. Um, and we loved uh, to be the, the team that could get one over the big boys. So it's always been my challenge. You know, see if you can nail the big boys. It's okay, even once once in the blue moons, okay. But just just get on with it. So that's about it, really. I've been involved for a no long time, and and still I'm involved now, uh, writing technical. Uh, stuff for new cars, developments, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah so involved. We, you make it
0: sound incredibly easy as if it was, uh, uh, an absolute breeze. And I imagine the hours that went into beating some of those big boys, uh, on, on the racetrack, as you say, was just probably incredible moments. But yeah. when we step forward with all that knowledge you have, Gary, how did you hear about F1 in schools and, and how did you then become chair of judges?
1: Well, through that, that period of time that I was involved with uh, Jordan and Stuart Grand Prix, um, I would got to, to meet Andrew a few times, Andrew Denford. And um, it sort of just came up one once upon a time, how would you like to come along and be the chair of judges? It was at a point in time where I think they wanted somebody to come in a little bit from the outside because they had obviously their their team, which worked very, very hard. Um, but it, it needed somebody to come in with a sort of a more of a clear vision. And Andrew asked me to come in with that. You try to bring um a you know, a, a sort of good referee, I suppose you might call it. Because it's very easy for a a, a company, um, to not really see what's what you see from the outside. So I come in with a sort of clear vision on, on it. And uh I've been here ever since. I think it was two thousand and ten my first year. So um yeah, I've been, been at it ever since. And I enjoy it immensely. I enjoy you know, the, the students and the, the whole competition I enjoyed greatly. Yeah, and um, we can definitely see that. But since knowing you and working
0: with you for a world final, two of those and a national final, just seeing your work, uh, Gary, always a smile on your face, even when you are under pressure. And so are some of the competitors trying to put the car back together on track so it will race again. Um, but there's always that smile, and, and I suppose that, helps you stay calm. 2010 is exactly uh, when you started. What's been your experience of the competition and how have the students developed their cars over the years?
1: Well, it's it's come on a long way, um, but in reality, you know, so has is, so is life. So you can't really judge it on that. I mean, you just got to look at the students and the depth they go to now to research and, and build the products that they do. No matter whether it's the fastest car or the or the slowest car, to be honest, it's a huge amount of work goes into it. And I really appreciate the students. I mean, the, the things that I like to do is sit down and talk to them and try to understand where they're coming from and how, how much of an understanding they have of the product they've created. Because one of the things I used to tell my people that used to work for me was you've got to decide before you actually build it whether it's going to be a dishwasher or a washing machine. can't let it get to the, being finished before you decide which it is. And it's the same way anything you're, you're doing, any, any car you're building or whatever you you know, you need to plan it from the beginning, you need to plan it correctly. And it's really nice to speak to some of these teams and, and find out the planning that went behind it, as opposed to just ending up with a, with a creation that you know nothing about. The important thing is to, to plan it right from the beginning and uh, and end up with a, you know, a product. And, and, and obviously some of those students,
0: that chat to you it's just it's a sharing of ideas i've always been standing next to you while you've been explaining what's been happening on the track when we've got the live shows streaming across the world and um, just to get that insight and and have that discussion is what you guys seem to absolutely love um you mentioned there about um deciding whether you want to make a dishwasher or a washing machine i think that's a fantastic way of of putting it and some real gems that you offer uh, the listeners in terms of having a clear plan over the years you will have seen so many designs. Are there any that stand out for you?
1: Well, every year there's there's obviously, a, you know, three or four cars where you can see the team has exploited it to the maximum. The thing we we gotta remember is that there's a a small group of us at F1 of the schools that contribute towards the regulations. And we keep on year after year sort of dotting the I's and crossing the T's. But then you add the out to the teams and you know, we can have forty, fifty teams. All trying to find the grey areas I suppose you might call it within those regulations and uh, my job whenever I get there as chair of judges is to make sure that we can scrutiny of the cars from what we intended the rules to be but some team will have find one of those grey areas and then they'll come to us and say well no no we don't quite agree we see that this way and my job was to sort of uh, be the referee between those two uh, between F1 at schools and the team and genuinely if I believe the team has a good argument could put it to me as you know the reason they did it this way was because of XYZ then you know I will I will over, overrule the regulation and that's the same as happens in, in the real world of Formula One you know we have the FIA and regulations but the teams can come into grey areas <clears throat> and again we see that every year and then with something that's you know, a that little bit different and it's got to be accepted. You might do away with it for the next year, but you can't throw a team out just because of it. You can appeal to the team's um, competition level, whether they really want to have competition or whether they find someone that's gonna uh, blow everybody else away. And you know, sometimes you appeal to the team to to accept the fact that we don't want to see that in the in the formula. But that again is my job, and that's the job I enjoy sitting down with the teams to and talking to them about it and trying to find a, a good resolution. Makes everybody happy. Yeah, it,
0: yeah. it can't be. It can't be easy, though, Gary. I mean, in those pressure moments where hours, days, months have gone into into these car designs. But I suppose what you're saying is as long as they can talk about the reasons why they've done something, and that really helps for having that, that plan from day dot, can help them articulate why they've done certain things and would help
1: reason with you, I guess. Yes, it is. I mean, that's the important thing, as I said, to to understand from a team's point of view how they, how they got their interpretation of it, because, again, as I say, there's more of them trying to find solutions to the regulations than there are the people that write the regulations. So, this is what you always expect, but I think it's important that you do respect the fact that the, the guys that are coming up now, the engineers that we're talking to, potential engineers for the future that we're talking to, uh, and team members in general, you know, they are they are our our future. Um, we've got to allow them that that open door to to exp- 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 uh, express themselves and if you don't let them express themselves then later in life you know they'll feel hemmed in so i love to see a solution to a problem i will argue it to the to, you know the, the final degree but i want the team to argue with me um, and not just accept what i say because that's not correct you know as long as they fight i'm willing to fight with them and then hopefully the best man will uh, come out at the end of the day and and we'll make the, the right resolution i i have you know, and in my way, I have no allegiance to f one of schools or to the teams i'm I'm the referee in the middle of the two, and, and I enjoy that. the world finals is is what I do it for, and it's it's quite important to me that I'm just jotting that
0: that fact down. There's only one Gary Anderson. he's a maverick. Uh, get him on board <laughs> as quick as possible. And um, before I get to a, a very exciting uh, development, i, I want to talk to you about Gary. um a few fine world finals again um ago, we had super glue. Here, there, and everywhere to make things run smoothly. Uh, do you miss uh, for the next world finals? I mean, are you going to miss having so much super glue that you're going to be hands on with?
1: Um, well, I'm not sure. I think there'll always be super glue. We're trying to eliminate that a bit, but it's actually works out quite well because usually when I come back from the world finals, um, I could go and, and raid the Bank of England and I wouldn't leave any fingerprints because I haven't got any tips of my fingers left. So, it's always in the van list to everything, you see. So, um you know, the the glue will
0: always be there. Okay. Well, this is good. And uh, just in case anyone was thinking about it, don't do what Gary's just suggested in any way <laughs> shape or form. Uh, Gary. There, there are other banks to those as well. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Uh, Gary. Um, all right. I hear uh, we're going to see some significant changes uh, to the look of cars this year. Could you let us know what your thinking was behind the changes and their relevance to the real world of F1?
1: Well, yes. I mean, my whole objective from a bit of those, as I say, 2010 to now, has been that the cars, to move the cars towards what an F1 car looks like. You know, it's not that F1 cars are, are better looking than any other car, but this is F1 in schools. So because it carries that handle, we should make sure the cars are, are going in that direction. So that's the objective. And also, you know, the way the regulations are written, how they're, either, Put down on paper in f1 we'll move it a bit towards that if we can it all takes time you know nothing's going to happen overnight but every year for the world finals we try to take that little step that becomes a different challenge to the to the students and the engineers that are doing it because if you have the same every year then you know there's hand-me-downs that come along we want to change that so that people have to think about what they're building for the next year from a sort of clean sheet of paper as such And it means i think we'll get some more ideas because it's so easy to just not copy by any means that the cars that did well last year, but to use that for your basis of your research. And if we keep, if we can change the regulations enough to mean the teams have got to start with a clean sheet of paper and prove their their development program before they they finalize the car, then I think that's a better challenge for each of the teams. I think it's a more interesting challenge. We've seen in, in the world, we've seen you know. Uh, other teams copying the fastest car, but it ends up still not as quick as the fastest car. It's just the fact that they've made it visually look like it's not the visual part. It's there's so much detail into a full blown car that. But it's the same with the models. You know, they need to be exploited. The wheel bearing systems are, you know, just the, the little bits of efficiency you can get aerodynamically how the car responds to the to the power unit of uh, uh, propulsion. You know, all that stuff. So you've got to. I think we need, we want to try and see the teams challenged from the beginning to the end of the project. And that's not just building the car. You know, it's about, about getting the finances together, um, their organization, making the organization work. All the, the criteria that goes into F1 in the schools is what these people are going to get when they hit the real world. So it's a massive learning curve for them. And it's fantastic whenever you see a team from the beginning to the end actually know why they're there you know they, they they took on the challenge they got all the the people together the correct way and they they got their finances together and they got their, their team uniforms together and their car together and everything works as one it's really nice when we see that completeness
0: i couldn't agree more with you i, lo- I love those moments seeing those teams go through the paces to get there to the nationals the world so just competing um you mentioned about that that alignment with f1 can you sort of um outline some of the key changes i mean we're going to see more side pods uh, like the williams team added uh, before the season started and then remove them what, what are we going to see gary well the, the things that we're doing
1: is is trying to bring the wing regulations into um in line more with the location and the position and the sort of overall balance of design to an f1 car um we're also doing um, new cars will have a halo this is an example here, Tom. You can see the little halo with a helmet and all that stuff into it. And then we're using the, the halo for as a stopping device. Because we get so much damage at the end of the track when the car goes into the brushes or into the balls or wherever the team wants to use. So this, this halo is, is is on the into the car. It's a, it's a a design component. You know, it's not it's like Formula One. Teams don't have the freedom of, on the halo to do anything you have a, a, you know, a design of the way that you have to use on the Formula 1. On the F1 of the school's car, it'll be exactly the same. As I say, we're using this as a, the, the uh, stopping device at the end of the track. And actually today, um, John Fagg and myself are here at my house, um, developing the last little parts of that stopping device, and it's, it's looking pretty good. So it's, it's just the trend of trying to make the cars visually follow the trend of Formula 1, um, there's reasons for everything, and and you know, uh it's it's part of that reasoning that we're trying to come to terms with and try to push the teams into creating a car that's as um, again more aligned with everyone. Well, I mean that looks uh, fascinating. I, I I'm sure we can
0: find a picture for anyone listening to this as just the podcast. Um visually, it is there. It looks great. The teams are going to have to take that. What what can you expect to see in the cars designs then at the next? world finals which is taking place in singapore we're going to see the halo how do you reckon teams are even going to tackle that challenge
1: well you know i think the challenge is there no matter what the car specification is really it's just the set of regulations that you build the car to so for any team it's about reading the regulations um reading them again and then reading them again and just making sure you understand them you know the the thing that you want to do is to try to get the best package obviously in any any formula, Formula One in general, and Formula One in skills, um, the thing that's important is the weight of the car. So you know you got to minimize weight because weight carrying more weight is just it's just a deficit. Um, so you got to minimize the weight of the car. Uh, but the regulations are important because there's obviously points uh, deducted for any infringements all the way through the regulations, all the way through the competition. Um, and basically, those those are points you lose you can only you can only score a maximum but it's up to the team to, to try to score that maximum and not lose any points you know so the whole thing is about making sure you really understand what the the uh, the competition is about that you understand the technical regulations on the sporting regulations and you comply with them as, as well as you can don't throw away any points because that just means you're you're getting deductions and you're you're the team that is throwing them away you know it's not to do by us the regulations are written uh they're not too complicated to understand we do have a process for um for sending in um, requests for clarity and just if you have any clarifications required please do that because we're only too happy to supply those clarifications
0: that is amazing gary just writing those points down that's what we like on the main straight. There's little gems of advice <laughs> that teams can use. There's little tidbits to just allow them to maximize, read the regulations again and again and again. Yep. Don't throw away points. And if you're not sure of something, get that clarification. Those are brilliant. I mean, that was going to be my last question, Gary. Any final tips? So uh, I'll ask you this then. The World Finals in Singapore. Looking forward to that, Gary?
1: Yes. I mean, it's uh, obviously been a tough few years with, with COVID all around the world. Um, and we've, we've done, I think a pretty good job at keeping it alive and keeping it going and making sure the teams could participate. And we've ended up with a, you know, a winner and a loser as you do every year. and but to see all the teams in Singapore and the competition having a fresh new lift. I think is very good to end this, this pandemic that the world has had, and to try and just get onto the next stage of life and with a slightly revised visual, uh, look of the cars uh, and the team's all there again. It's it's going to be a very, very interesting weekend. Well, listen, Gary
0: Anderson, so good to chat to you. And I know that you are there with John Fagg, two integral parts of F1 in schools. I'm referring to you and John. Uh, so listen, best of luck making sure everything is tested. And I'm sure all the competitors cannot wait to start using that Halo system in their design. Listen, Gary, enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Okay, well, thank you. Well, I think you'll agree. That was so insightful to talk to Gary Anderson, uh, the chair of judges. Um, Now, he did mention a few regulation changes. And I thought with this podcast today, with this show, we should get on the head of international operations. That man is Nelson Vale. And he's here with me now. Nelson, uh, this is an absolute surprise and a real treat to have you on the podcast. But I will say this, this is not your first time. You were just on the episode of the Autosport International, the National Finals. So this is actually a welcome back. How are you, Nelson?
2: I'm very good, Tom. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> uh, I was hoping actually that one day I would have my own my own episode just about my advantage with F1 in schools, but that can be done at a later stage.
0: I'm looking over at our wall chart at the moment um, and it is coming up. So actually, I don't want to ask all my questions now, but first off, Nelson, uh, head of international operations, uh, for anyone not sure what that involves, what what does it involve, Nelson?
2: Well, basically, Tom, I help the delivery of the challenge uh, globally. And and that means that I need to make sure that all of our international partners are... um, basically hosting F1 Schools events in the same way that we host them in HQ. And and that goes from making sure that we are aligned in any way, from how we do registrations to safeguarding procedures with students to the very basics of rules and regulations. So yeah, just making sure that we are um, making the competition grow around the world and that many more countries are able to join yeah i'm so excited actually the f1 in schools news is
0: coming up uh, max will be bringing us that very shortly and i always get excited about another nation joining us uh, on this incredible stem project and challenge um you've been involved since 2004 nelson so you've seen many regulation changes happen over those years uh anything stand out for you in terms of tips and ideas for for our participants to make sure they remember when they're competing
2: well, Tom, I mean, I have been, I've been, I think, on all sides of the competition as a teacher, supervising a team, as the the local ICC when I was coordinating activities back in Portugal. And now I have this immense a pleasure of being helping the team in, in HQ, uh, making sure that the regulations fit everyone. And, you know... Being on the other side, I have to say that it's always very special when we hear that, that email coming in through the inbox with new regulations, because the excitement of that is, what are we going to be challenged to do now? And that's what I think the students feel all around the world. And, you know, in my personal opinion, I think that uh, some of the teams were feeling too comfortable with the regulations now, because they were kind of a little bit due to the pandemic. But we had to stabilize them a little bit so it's been two three years without a, ma- a major kind of curveball or additional uh, challenge so you know i'm very excited how the teams are going to look at the regulations worldwide
0: so a curveball that's what we're calling it guys listen up there's a curveball happening now i know those rules will be released imminently and people will be able to get excited about them. I'm sure they'll be daunted. Actually, Nels, How do you think these regulations are going to be received internationally?
2: Well, I think they're going to be received very well. Um, you know, regardless of the changes that we do in the regulations, our students are are absolutely amazing. The, the regulations kind of create a mindset uh, on their work that this is what I can do. This is what I cannot do. I need to follow the regulations to be in order to not receive penalties. I mean, this is really preparing them for the real world, while they're just having fun in school. Uh, but the level of standard that they deliver every single time—that's that's remarkable. Now, yes, we may have one curveball or two or three, uh, and like Gary says, the car—we're we're, we're trying for the car to be more F1ish. You're going to look at the F1 school's card and, you know, just with the halo, it's going to look way more F1 and make, and make that connection. Um, you know, it's, it's, the students are always going to have questions in terms of what I can do, what I cannot do. You know what I always say to the students that initially query me in terms of regulations? The, does it say that you cannot do something? The question that you're asking, does it say that you can't? And, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, sometimes they just go, Oh, do, do, do I comply with this regulation? You know, they will have processes to verify that they will have gauges and measuring tools like calipers and height gauges and and scales, but in the end, that question of, will I pass? That's up to the judges, but can you bend the boundary? Can you go that extra mile to get that compet- that advantage in terms of the competition facing the other teams? What does the rule say? Does it say that you can't or can you explore one of the regulations? And knowing in the end, the rules committee and above all, Gary Anderson will be there with his, with his big heart and open mind, uh, but always wanting to be fair for every single team. I I love that big
0: heart and open mind that definitely summarizes Gary Anderson uh, not a menacing person to look at him in that way any anyway shape or form if you understand you've read those rules you can justify the reason why you've done certain things and you've worked within that framework then he is going to be able to negotiate those things And and as you say Nelson does it say I can't do that that's a that's a brilliant tip there.
2: And you know the other the other tip that sometimes you know Gary was pushing this saying read the regulations and then when you finish read them again and again because you really need to be on top of your game in order not to miss anything it's so easy to kind of forget to check something and then oh how did i how did i miss this 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 uh, regulation here or there But regulations, when you're not completely focused, may have a hefty consequence. And so you don't want penalties. You want to get top marks. And in the end, read the regulations because the scorecards are there. So we're talking about the technical side, but it also applies to the rest of the competition categories. If it's the verbal presentation or engineering or project management, the scorecards dictate what the judges are looking for. So students around the world, that's your tip there. Look at those KPIs on on the scorecards and just do your best.
0: Hey, Nelson, it's so lovely to chat to you. And I think everyone listening will be saying, when are we getting Nelson on again to give us more tips like that? Nelson, so good to chat to you. And and these new regulation changes uh, coming out uh, very soon or imminently. I I can't wait for that. And I'm sure people are going to be very excited
2: thank you tom no it was a pleasure again being here with you and yeah let's hope that everyone gets excited with the 2023 regulations coming out very soon so how about that two stunning
0: guests on one show i know i only said to you we'd be having gary anderson on but i've also brought you nelson vale right i feel very chuffed with that but i'm gonna be more chuffed when we find out the latest f1 in schools news from pdc he's the producer director and co-host it's max fernie welcome back to the show max a lot to get into in the f1 in schools news i'm sure there is there's a lot of news
3: that has been happening over the past month uh, are, you, are you happy to have the host privileges back i've took you've got the mic back now i did for nationals i don't it.
0: mind it there's a lot of pressure being the host but you know what i found out that i will be heading to singapore to host the world finals i'm already excited about that and i'm sure we'll talk about it at some point but yes it's great to have you back because you provide the latest news and how good was the national finals in birmingham max
3: but well, i was just about to say you've stolen some of the news off me there you've announced singapore what you've st- you've stolen my news but uh, oh the national finals was great it went really smoothly and it was just super exciting to have an in-person
0: uh, nationals yeah it was indeed um can you remind us of those very successful teams that finished in first, second, and third for the professional development class. And to everyone who competed, such a good uh, competition. Of
3: course I can. Uh, so for the UK national finals, we had uh, the pro class, which was Eclipse in first place, Honeycomb Racing in second, and Imperium in third. We then had the dev class, uh, which was CHS Lightning, where our development champions,
0: Vega Racing in second, and Sabre Racing in third. Okay, fantastic stuff from all of the teams so good to chat to them uh, if you do get a chance go to the f1 in schools youtube page and watch back some of the pit displays i did an interview with every single team and it might inspire you with a few ideas so those are all of the winners uh, max and there's not the it's not the only competition that's been going on around the world is it you'd be correct in saying that so uh same week we had malaysia
3: who had their national finals uh, so the winners of the professional class was nova they then had second place Ozone Racing, and then, I can't say this one very well, uh, I don't know how to say it, Regetus, I okay. think, I don't know, R-E-G-E-T-U-S, I think we'll need a fact check on that one, but uh, they were our third place for the Malaysia, uh, then we then had the development class, which was Samura, I assume that's, again, don't know how to say that name, uh, second place was V8,
0: and then in third place, Dynamic 1. Well, there you go. Uh, top work from all of those teams. And I'm sure if any of them are going to the World Finals, I'll be able to chat to them. Or maybe even better still, if you are part of those teams, then do get in touch with the podcast. Let us know. And uh, I'll make Max read them out properly. But I reckon you smashed that, Max.
3: Well, uh, at Nationals uh, Birmingham the other week, I was uh, taught Welsh by one of the teams. Uh, how to count to 10. Forgot it almost instantly.
0: Languages aren't my uh, specialty, but I did try. I did try. It was so good to see so many Welsh teams come in, especially in the primary class. And you just can see how from that event in primary class, they're definitely going to go on. They've got the talent and the ability to go on to the development class. I'm looking forward to seeing many of those Welsh teams compete uh, in the F1 in schools and their journey. Um, Any other news, Max?
3: Yes. So... On the between the twenty seventh and thirty first of March, Australia will be having their national finals. They'll be having that in Sydney at the Panthers Convention Centre.
0: So they'll be finding out who's off the World Finals then. That'll be uh, incredible, and we know how good the Australian teams tend to be, especially uh, from the World Finals in twenty twenty two, an Australian team winning at Hydrant. Um, so we know they are going to be putting out some very very strong competition. So oh, I'll put to that, Max.
3: Well, now I'm gonna flip things on the topic of World Finals. I'm gonna become the host once again, and I'm gonna interview you. You're, you're gonna be at the next World Finals. What What's your favorite memories from previous World Finals that you've hosted? You were obviously uh, the one that we hosted here at the Denford Factory in 2020. We uh, had you at
0: Silverstone. That is the history, Max, uh, spot on. Um, well, I'll tell you this much, Max. Brighouse was a great way to start. Where the Denford Factory is, where the likes of Andrew Denford, uh, the chairman and founder of F1 in Schools, uh, presides. And just to be there was just stunning. However, it was it was a brilliant world final. But when we got to actually be in person at Silverstone with the competitors, and again, some were still on Zoom, it was just brilliant. It just felt like a family uh, again, everyone competing in F1 in Schools. So I love that part of it. And also you can really interact with the guy. So you just mentioned about the teams in Malaysia. They were fantastic. The Malaysian teams last year. You've got the Chinese teams. You've just got the whole world coming to one place. And I love that. I love the connection. I am a bit of a foodie. So when teams do provide uh, a little treat, a particular pot, I guess it's like a noodle, instant noodle dish uh, from Thailand, a Tom Young soup. It was, and I don't know where I can buy one. So any of the Thai teams coming, I will be in contact with you to provide uh, maybe just the transportation of this instant noodle. However, seeing what the guys have come up with, the dedication to get to a world finals is just phenomenal. But I love to connect with the people on, on, on a sort of level where we just get to share different things about what country we're from. But Singapore is going to be incredible. Obviously in the F1, you had Sergio Perez, even with a five-second penalty, being your winner last time. Sebastian Vettel, the most wins at an Asia street circuit. It's just incredible. I cannot wait for it, Max.
3: Yeah, no, you're, it's going to be an exciting one, that's for sure. Uh, you are definitely right about everyone's really kindness, like a family, though. I remember everyone was giving out gifts. There was uh, there was branded products like Sonic Boost from Sonic Boom. They had their own LED drink. Uh, Eccleston9 from Malaysia, they were giving out bandanas, that was cool. I had one, I think Just uh, Capita from uh, Williams, he was walking around for- yeah. on his neck. Uh, yeah. And you got to try some
0: food on stage, I remember, that was a fond memory. Um, I did, the French team uh, it, it insisted I tried some pate uh, with bread live. Um, but do you know what, that's what I love about it, because it, everyone shares the same passion for this this competition. And so they're all in one place. So they're like-minded. They all get along with chatting to one another. You'll you'll be, you'll need to be somewhere on site at Silverstone. And you have to get through about 30, 40 people. And you stop and have a chat with them. And that's just, it's like a melting pot of just fun and excitement. And it's even great if you're still online for some of the teams that competed. Because they've got to chat to other teams. But yeah, I, I can't wait for it. Because it is, uh, as I said, like one big family. And you are knackered, you are so tired at the end of the competition, all the talking, the socializing, networking, but I I wouldn't miss it for the world. And and that's why I've never been to Singapore before, so that'll make it even extra special for me.
3: Perfect. Well, I think that wraps up the podcast, doesn't it, Tom? I think we've had a lot of content in this uh, episode, so I'm going to let you wrap it up as usual. I'll give
0: you back uh, host privileges. Well, thank you very much, Max. Uh, great to chat to you and I wasn't I wasn't expecting those questions about Singapore, but listen, that is massive news. That is where the World Finals is going to be. And to everyone listening, this has been the main straight. We'll be back next month with another another episode. So make sure you like, subscribe, get involved. Uh, myself and Max love to hear from you guys, so please keep doing that. We can give you some shout-outs in the next episode. Who will the guest be? I don't know yet, but you know what? I know that you'll be getting some absolute gems when you come back to listen to this podcast. That's it for the main straight. We'll see you next time.